if you have to be sad, be sad and don't judge yourself for the time frame in which it takes you to get over somebody, yes. you know? Hello and welcome back to the Her Life Blogcast. I'm your host, Rachel Malik, and Allie G is back for another one-on-one. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel excited. It's been a while. No, it hasn't. I was trying to reflect. Is it Super Bowl? Was that our last? Super Bowl was our last one. Yeah, it's been a few months. Lots has changed since then. Most notably, your location. You're in D.C. right now. I'm in Washington. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel excited. Um... I went for a run last night and like we're 15 minutes in. I'm casually jogging along and I look up and I'm like, oh, there's the Capitol building. Like <laughs> casual. Uh really cool, but it's like it's pretty centrally located in DC. Nice. And so I'm happy. I'm excited to start exploring the city. To this yeah. like week, I've just been kind of like settling in, getting familiar with like the local neighborhood, gotcha. finding like gotcha. the coffee shops and like right. the CVS, like that kind of thing. Got you, got you. But I think like starting like this weekend and into next week, I'll be able to check off some of the things on my list. I have a bunch of museums I want to go see, some more of the monuments, like. So fun. I think that'll be good. We all love a good change of pace every now and again. I feel like we've been kind of like in a rut. So I'm like, I'm jealous. I wish I was exploring DC with you. No, I needed it. And I like, I'm taking like videos because I like want to put it all together at the end. Oh, that'd be so fun crazy like how much when you're in a new environment everything looks beautiful and like exciting yeah. you know like I'm like oh that car look at like the orange of that car like I'm just like so intrigued by everything so yeah the area is like really cute like townhouses and they're all like different colors so it's just like interesting cute. to see like how people like kind of play off of like the color of the house like there's one that's like white and it's got a red door and they have like these cute little red chairs outside of it like it's just cute yeah oh I'm so happy for you that's so fun and I hope to visit I think I will I haven't been to DC since my high school class trip senior year yeah well you got a place to stay hon love it I love it okay so this week's episode is gonna be all about breakups which is yeah. We, it was funny. I like want to intro it the same way you introed it to me because you're like, here's this episode idea. Maybe it's not the most upbeat and fun, but I also think it's an important conversation. And I don't know. I think we're all about reflection, right? And I think like reflecting on the feelings of everything surrounding the breakup is ultimately a very positive thing. So I would argue that this is going to be a very positive episode. I think so. And I think, I think entangled in it is like all of those feelings that you go through. And like we said, kind of like these stages. Yep. And I think ultimately it does lead up to this like more positive version. Agreed. So. I totally agree. I totally agree. But we're going to kick it off by, you know, humanizing the breakup. Everybody goes through a breakup. It's one of the like trials of life. Like no matter what, you're going to have to deal with it. And there are some big important people who have dealt with it very recently Let's go through some celebrity breakups of the pandemic-ish era. First, most notably to me, the first one I thought of, which like I'm a little embarrassed because there were like some good ones to pick good ones to pick from, but the first one that came to mind, Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett. I mean, that was a breakup heard around the world. We know a lot about her very intimate feelings. How do you feel about the Sour album? I love it. Me too. I, I think if the listeners don't know already I was definitely going through a breakup at the same time so like I identified a lot with like her lyrics and yeah she really like captures everything that it is to go through a breakup I think 
But I think that's an easy like choice. Like I feel like that's the most notable in social media right now is like she's True. like most like on the pulse of like the Gen Z especially. Yeah. But I like I like the Olivia Rodrigo example and I'll probably come back to this at some point. But like if you look at the facts of their breakup, like it's a kind of normal breakup. They broke up and he's with somebody else now. And like, yeah, that sucks. But like it happens. So part of me is like Joshua is getting a real like hard run of it but at the same time I love the fact that Olivia just leans in and she's like very vulnerable she's just gonna share it all she's gonna like I don't think she's actively trying to bring him down she's just writing like very vulnerable it feels like the world is ending when you're going through it and like that's what she wrote about so like I don't know I saw a lot of pushback of like okay this is like a very by the book kind of exit like this happens to everyone all the time and it's like yeah that's the beauty of it that's why people are leaning in like they are you know what I mean but it's also like Yes, everybody goes through it, but what's so crazy about heartbreak is that it's so individual as well. Yes. So it's like these lyrics could identify like very closely, but it's like no breakup is going to be exactly the same. No, buddy's path to, you know, moving on and letting go is ever going to be linear or exact. Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful is that you can resonate and you can connect with her, but you also have like your own identity as well within it. So beautifully. Oh, if this isn't like a good little <laughs> preface to the episode we're about to have, like this is gonna be so good. I'm already like I, I did some big reflecting this week. I had a lot of things you to- put in the legwork a thousand percent, and I'm so excited to get into it. Let's run through a couple more celebrity breakups. Another huge one, JLo and A-Rod. We talked about them in the Super Bowl episode, didn't we? Were we talking about or some episode? I swear I said I'm gonna be really sad if they end up breaking up. And now look at her now they broke up look what happened now she's with ben and at first we're like it's totally pr but now i'm like this is a long-winded pr stint if that's all it is i I don't know know. you think it'll last do you think it's like a rekindled it's like i sort of want it to be but i also just think of j-lo as eons and eons away from ben affleck like she is just a bigger star she is out of his league i think in every way imaginable so i'm like why is she like why like, I get it for him. Oh, do I get it for him? But, like, for her? For her. I think it's probably, like, a coping in one way. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is comfortable. It's familiar. Yeah. True. Maybe that's what she needs right now. Yeah. And, again, it points to the idea of the rebound, you know, where it's like, mm. okay, rather than, like, sit with these emotions, let's right. just pour it into something else. Yeah. We'll get into it. But that's another huge one, obviously. Another big one, Bill and Melinda Gates out of left field I it's not that I you know watched their relationship very closely I think it's just you assume that they were going to be together forever because forever Emma has a book of hers that she loaned me recently called the moment of lift and we talked about it a lot in our Malala day episode last year which it just so happens to be Malala day this week so like that's a good tie-in but I was reading her book and it's so interesting reading it post-divorce because she just talks a lot very like naturally about her husband and how they've grown with each other and how the company obviously changed their lives but like they wanted to raise their kids a certain way and they wanted to use their privilege and power for really good purposes and Melinda certainly has done that so it's just it's interesting to like read her words about Bill now that it's done now that it's over yeah yeah but that was just like I think no one was expecting it you know what I mean because it's like not a celebrity couple in the way we talk about celebrity couples but it still had like the resonance of a celebrity breakup yeah I think it's interesting that you mentioned that about the book because I I put down which is like a less notable couple but 
Jenna Kramer and Michael Cosin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which if you don't know, she had like a role in One Tree Hill. She mm-hmm. has her own podcast and I've been listening to her podcast for years and it started as something that was just like on her own. And then over time, it became something that like both of them shared together okay. and they actually like wrote a book. It's called The Good Fight. Right. Okay. It's about fighting for your marriage. And like making it work and like putting in the effort and like, they're like going to couples therapy and it's just like, we're going to fight for this and we're going to come back stronger. And less than a year later, they're divorced. I mean, that's, it's messy. How disheartening is that? Like they wrote this book to like uplift people and to like have couples put in that effort and to fight for it. And it's like, that's rough. I wonder what it's doing for book sales because at first I was like, ugh, that's not going to be a successful book at all now. But aren't you kind of interested? Like now that people might read it as a what not to do. Exactly. I know now it's kind of the opposite. It's like a how to lose a guy in 10 days. (laughs) But I got to get out. Like this ain't worth fighting for. It's the bad fight now. Like, you know what I mean? That's not good. That is funny. That's interesting. And that's layered. I'm glad you added that to the list. Cause that's like very interesting how that became like their brand and now they're divorced. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Another big one for me, Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. This was a big Bravo couple. I'm a big fan of the Beverly Hills housewives, Erica Girardi. Now Erica Jane, Erica Jane has always been her stage name, but her like, you know, prim and proper housewife name was Erica Girardi. Cause she was married to Tom. He was like 30 years older than her always has been like it's an, a very interesting but he I just watched um the housewife and the hustler it's on hulu if you're interested very scandalous kind of ponzi scheme that he's been running for years and years he's this ginormously reputable lawyer who's been known to like fight for the little guy and he gets all these settlements and makes millions and millions and millions of dollars in settlements for people who've had these terrible terrible things happening to them turns out he's been stealing all of that money feeding it into erica reportedly feeding it into erica jane's brand and her like public persona so that all the money was kind of tied up in her and not like affiliated with his name and for years and then you see all of the wealth on the real housewives and it's just like so wild but then you hear from the victims you know what i mean who are already victims of these terrible things like house fires and terrible accidents who like were entitled to millions of dollars in compensation for that that's what the settlement was for and they don't get that money because Tom Girardi stole the money, put it into Erica's investments. And now Erica claims to know nothing about it. She's like, I didn't know where the money was coming from. I just knew my husband was rich and was giving me money. So it's like very interesting. We don't know how much she knows, but they split. No prenup. Prenup. No prenup. So what does that mean? I don't know, but he really has no money to give now because he owes, I mean, he's in debt. So now like even she's in debt. So it's really messy for the both of them. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But I guess she falls responsible for that. Like you have to know where the money Right. Is. And she was like secretary of one of the companies. So everyone's like, how did you not know? Like you knew. Like everyone, I think the general consensus is like she was in on it. And now on the current season of The Real Housewives, the divorce is playing out. And she's going to the ladies being like, I had no idea. Like I shocked and embarrassed and I had no she clue. Like, and Like for her own legality? Yeah. It's literally wild. Like, I I can't even wrap my head around it, but like a crazy divorce, another crazy one. Okay, let's move on. We have more. Another huge one, Kim and Kanye. Major, major. 
I, yeah. I don't think we, I did not think we would see the day. Like, I don't love them together. I'm not obsessed with them as a couple by any means, but they were just the power couple. So to lose them and to lose JLo and A-Rod in the same A-Rod. year. Yeah. It hurts. It stings. Yeah. But I also think it's very like telling of like this idea that like, it's like, okay, like even the perfect of perfect, right. There's more going on to it. You can have everything in the world, all the wealth. You know, the reality is everybody has their own issues and unless both parties are willing to communicate and adapt and adjust, then it's not going to work. Right. And I, hopefully I learned this for real one day, but I would imagine that the wealth and the fame and the power that comes with all of that doesn't make anything easier. I think it probably heightens the stakes in a lot of ways. Then you have to deal with the press going through a divorce. Like that's a whole other element that again, I hope to experience, but (laughs) you know, you're like, I hope to have to talk about this in the interview. (laughs) Like this will be me. I'm acknowledging that I'm getting ahead of it now, but (sighs) okay. The last one on this list rocks my world. I couldn't, I didn't know that this was their last name, but I am a big follower of this couple and I had no idea. I guess I haven't been following that closely. I just knew their viral TikToks intro this alley. Kat and Michael Stickler. So these, if you don't know, it's like the videos where she's like, my husband loves me so much. He leaves all the clothes in the washer all the time so that they smell bad. <laughs> he just is always thinking of me. <laughs> yeah. I love her story. The story kind of goes is, I think they were dating like a month and wow. she got pregnant. Okay. And then they like quickly like got married okay. and had this like sweet little girl, MK and then, you know, COVID happened and quarantine and they started these like viral TikToks where it's like, she'll pretend to be him and like, he'll pretend to be her. And it's just like very funny and playful. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, I think March they announced that they were separating and oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, she's, she's taken it like a champ. Like yeah. I'm sure that she's going through it. Yeah. But on the exterior and like making her video, she like hasn't missed a beat. Like, cause I yeah. think she really was like the, the brains behind the operation. Like she's sure. hysterical. So, sure. and I also think like, could compare this to Jana again, mm. is like when there's kids involved. Yeah. You have to be strong. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to a certain extent throughout the day, like you gotta be. Right. Their you can't afford to like break down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But you know, like we said, everyone's kind of going through it. It's interesting to like life goes on in the midst of what feels so like personally traumatic because it is like, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but like, again, you got to kind of pick up the pieces and deal with it. No, it's so layered. And I think that's, what's so interesting about heartbreak. It's like, there's not like a set feeling or mood, I guess. It's like, it's, you're just all over the place until you're not, you know? Right. It's, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. So let's, let's try to make a little bit of sense of it. Let's, let's kind of go through, we laid out some like general topics. You're kind of going to spearhead this, if that's okay. Cause you laid out, I think a really good, good way to break it down. So I, our first major thing to discuss is why in the first place, do we want a relationship? Like, why is it something that we're so drawn to? So why do we want that Allie? Um, so yeah, I have a couple of reasons down. I think one major one is the media portrayal of like happily ever after mm-hmm. from the time that you're little, you're watching these princesses and it's yep. like the prince shows up and they get married and that's the end of the story and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. And then furthermore, you know, as you're 
entering like your young adulthood, there's the rom-coms and it's always like boy meets girl, something happens, they end up happily ever after. Then I think it's like the societal pressure of like, okay, well, you can't have a fulfilled, complete life unless Mm. you have somebody, you know, it's like, okay, why are you single? Like, it's always like, that's not the norm whatsoever, Mm. which I feel like we're on the cusp of shifting that and like allowing you to be single is okay and acceptable. But I think in like long term, like if you're 40 and you don't have somebody, what's wrong? you know like we're in a place where like girls our age aren't facing the pressure to get married like our parents did. like my mom was right. was married at this was engaged at this point anyway and you know what I mean was like literally planning yeah. her wedding when my she mom was, was my like age. 25 or 26 and she was like yeah I was like one of the last ones and like right like so like we're moving away from that like it's getting older and like it's nice that we can kind of establish our careers and get our footing before we have to deal with that but I think in 10 years we certainly will be dealing with that so we're not away from it it's just kind of like prolonged you right. know yeah and then the other one I had was like this like biological, like just the nature of like reproducing and like right. survival of the fittest. And like, you know, they talk about like when a female is like choosing a mate or whatever, it's who is she going to be able to produce like the best offspring with? And so that definitely plays like a factor yeah. into dating scene, I feel like as well. Totally. Absolutely. But I did want to talk about, there are a couple amazing resources if you are going wow. through it right now. There's this app Mend. You can kind of journal, you can put in like self-care log. So like there's a bunch of different options and then different topics and like prompts that they'll give you daily. You can set Mm -hmm. a reminder. And then I also loved which when you're like first in like the very, very start of the breakup and like, you know, contact is so habitual that it's really difficult to break. And so it allows you to kind of put in the last time you like contacted the person and you can track like the days that you had no contact, which I really liked. Yeah. And then also there's also different options for different stories of other people, which is really nice. nice. And when you're going through it to hear somebody else's story is so nice. Yeah. But the creator of this app, Ella Huerta, and Sarah may be um they started this podcast called love is like a plant and I first heard of this concept that we as humans it's this desire for connection and I think a romantic partner is like the most intimate vulnerable connection that you can have and so I think when you're going through a breakup it's like this connection is like severed yeah and I think like that's truly what our driving force is. There's all these different, you know, modes, but I think this idea of connection and being heard and being seen. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, but I think that it's beautiful at its core that that's what it boils down to. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's also what makes a breakup and heartbreak so layered. Like we've been talking about is because it, the roots of it are this like truly beautiful, almost unexplainable thing. And then to make sense of the end of that is even more complicated than making sense of it in the first place. So that's like the crux of it, I think. But I remembering that it all is happening because of ultimately a good thing, I think has to be at least a little bit reassuring in the end. Like you got to experience this beautiful thing and it hurts right now, but it's ultimately because it was beautiful and you're going to be better prepped for like the next thing, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that comes towards that like end phase of like accepting it and really just seeing it for Mm -hmm. what it is and the reality of it and the good and the bad and, you know, being grateful and appreciative of the experiences. I love. 
Okay, let's let's move on to Dumper versus Dumpy because I think this is going to be very interesting and I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah, so I broke it down kind of into three categories and like you just kind of okay. only your thoughts, but I have this like period of confusion for both of them. The actual instance of the breakup and mm-hmm. then these feelings that kind of come after. Okay. And so I think this period of confusion, you can take two routes with it. You can be very honest and like open with your partner that you're like second guessing things. You're feeling these ways. This is the dumper. Yeah. And I think what this does for the dumpy, it kind of gives these like warning signs. Yes. And you can kind of like, like you're, you might be pulling back. You might be withdrawing and like, there's this awareness that like something is becoming, or you're kind of working through this silently and you're Mm -hmm. just going emotions as if everything's fine and you're fine and then you know when you come to this realization and you're no longer confused and you are certain about this decision you kind of just like pull the band-aid off mm. the result being your partner's like blindsided by this now though yeah whereas on the flip side for the dumpy I think your period of confusion starts whenever your partner shares So like if it's that first route where they're sharing this, you can kind of feel it, but you're holding on. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they, you're blindsided by it, I think the confusion starts at the point of the breakup. And I think the confusion lasts so much longer for the dumpy. Would you agree? I would agree. And I think like by and large, we can agree that, you know, letting your partner know that they're like, are some doubts or some confusion of feelings on your end is like the mature and probably healthier way to go about it. But I also want to validate that hearing that still sucks. Like it sucks to be blindsided. Absolutely. But it's still also layered and weird and awful. If the person that you love comes to you and is like, Hey, just so you know, I'm not feeling the same way I used to. Um, I'm still good to continue, but like, just so you know, I don't love you as much as I used to essentially. Cause like, that's what you hear on the other end of it. So like, that all like I get that that's a good way to go about it in that you know just being transparent about your feelings I just like broke it down into two different ways I don't know what the best way is and I think that's what's so nuanced about a breakup is like there's no there's no guide really like maybe there is and there's the best way to go about it but I think it's just when those feelings are there there is no easy way out for either party you know that's the thing yeah Because I think it's also easy to say, like, okay, the person who is doing the dumping has all of the power and it's, like, it's going to suck more for the other person. I don't know if that's necessarily true either. I think in a lot of these cases, you kind of wish, you wish that you felt the same way you did and you wish that these doubts didn't exist, but, like, they do. And so you have to be honest. I think the difference being is that the dumper, and this relates to the feelings after, Mm -hmm. there's this feeling of relief because Mm -hmm. it's, like, something in my gut or something was telling me this isn't right and whether it's you know being more reflective of themselves or you know going after somebody that they do want whatever it is yeah there's this moment of relief whereas I think for the dumpy they're just kind of left in this puddle of emotions where it's like okay now I have to figure out why this wasn't working. Like what? Yeah. Like what did I do? Like how could have I have kind of fixed it? I have to imagine like if I'm just, if I'm playing the other side here, that there is another level of relief. It's just a little more buried and that like, ultimately, if it's not going to work out, you'd rather know sooner than later, I think. Right. Like it's better 
that it didn't work out now as opposed to a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Like you kind of saved yourself from a future heartbreak that would have been worse. So I think at least there's that kind of base level of relief that both parties get to feel. So maybe I think you're right. I would agree with that. I think maybe it's uh, an instant relief Mm. for the dumper and a prolonged. I think that's fair. I think it's very fair. And certainly one that you need to work towards and that isn't right as just like transactional almost. Like you have to kind of work your way to that relieved feeling that the other person got just from being honest about where they stand. And I think that's where I say like, I don't know, maybe it is better to be blindsided. But I also think if you're going to be blindsided as the dumper, and again, like I know as the dumper, it can be really challenging in the moment to be like, Mm very honest because yeah. honesty is going to hurt the other person and very true foundation like you had a connection with this person you love them like you don't want to hurt them right. you don't want to see them in yeah pain. none of it comes from a malicious place with right. any of this ever yeah but ultimately I think being as direct and as honest mm-hmm. as you possibly can is going to save this person so much heartbreak because if you very leave true. it on a note of like what will be will be or like maybe sometime in the future and it's like yeah. that's just false hope for this person and this person's gonna hold on to it for way longer than they need to be like and it's automatically sabotaging the next relationships to come and there's no way around it I don't think that's anybody's fault but the Denver and I hate to even kind of put that on the Denver because it's hard like there's just a lot of pressure when then you're responsible for like the continued relationship but I think if you screw it up in a way that's like truly traumatic you hold on to that and it's hard to recover from that but another thing I wanted to say is I think this like the period of confusion the breakup like the steps that you laid out I I think is kind of one probably the main one but maybe not even true like I think that's one type of breakup the other type of breakup is like heat of the moment like something happens you know what I mean and then like it's a mutual breakup because of it you know what I mean? Like something, there's a major fight about one thing and it's like, well, it's done. Like, and I think that's a very different kind of situation than talking about one person kind of mulling it over in their own mind and being like, man, I woke up one day and I just didn't feel as strong. And it's like, we're growing apart. Like there's a growing apart breakup. And then there's a like, bam, somebody wronged somebody in some kind of big way that it like comes to blows, not like physical, hopefully, but like, do you know what I mean? Like it comes to this big climactic point of like, well, it can't be anymore. And then there's this fight for lack of a better word like I think there's that kind and then there's which I almost want to say would be easier like you know what I mean because then it's like well I think like I can and I keep going back to um this Janet Kramer I don't yeah, know why, no I think it's a really good example I've listened to her for so long and I like and you frame a lot of your ideas about relationships based on her relationship because like she's yeah. been a point person for you that's totally valid I think it was a situation where he had cheated on her she had just had their firstborn. She was like gonna divorce, whatever. She takes him back. They work through it. They go through therapy. And then I believe, I don't know the details. I don't think she's shared, but like, I think he cheated again. Got you. And it was kind of like, that's it. Right. All right, we're done. That was the condition. You know what I mean? yeah. It was just like, I found out, I know. And now I have complete certainty and clarity that this is never gonna work. Like you're never yeah. gonna be the person that I need you to be. Mm. So. I think you're right. I think that's another instance of where, okay, something happens and it's like, all right, there's no choice here. Like, you know what you did and now it's over. Which like sucks in its own way, but at least you can kind of pinpoint what it was. You know what I mean? You could explain in very black and white terms why the breakup happened. I think it's a lot worse and harder to deal with when it's just, I don't know. And I think both parties feel that way. Yeah. Like it's hard for both of you because it's like, 
I don't know. Like all, it just wasn't working anymore. Like that sucks in a very different kind of way, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I was going to transition to the next thing, what I'm calling DTB, defining the breakup, because this is something that I've dealt with. I think. What is this? Okay. I've never heard of this. Because I knew you were going to come in. You like, I think it's like the jig is up. You, you've had experience with this and you're kind of dealing with it. You've been dealing with it. So you have these things to point to. I haven't dealt with a traditional breakup and like a true heart. I've ha- never had my heart broken. Like I don't, I don't know it the way you Which know time, it. If I could wish upon you to never have one. I know, I would. No, I know. But I think that's impossible. I think that's like this, yeah. you know, everybody goes through it. If Kim can do it, I can do it kind of situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just, I'm not there yet. Like I haven't had it. The relationship I'm in now is my first like real deal thing. It's like, that's right. going good so far. So like, I don't have to worry about this yet. However, I've gotten myself into the like, oh, does this count as a breakup? Like I've had that thought a few times before. When, before you define the relationship and you ultimately decide. Like you've been dating. Yes. And you ultimately decide, I guess, never to define the relationship. It never gets to that point, but you still have to end it. Or even on a lesser scale, like if it's just a fling and like somebody doesn't even want to pursue something else, like that I've dealt with. And like, that also sucks. And I remember, I guess more so when you're dating somebody a little bit, you never really get to define it, but like there's feelings involved. Like, you know what I mean? Like you've been seeing each other. I think it's just as valid whether you've defined it or not. Cause I think if you're talking to somebody on a daily, you know, agreed, then yeah, it's like, okay, you might not be boyfriend and girlfriend. You might not be exclusive, whatever. You're not in love yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, it's different, but I also think it's valid. Like I found myself being like, Oh, am I allowed to be sad? Like even when I did the ending, you know what I mean? Like if something's not working and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I had like, sort of recently like earlier this year I remember talking to you about this thing because yeah. it's like I knew I wanted to break up with this person but I was like is it even called to break up like we're not even really together but I knew I had to end it because like it wasn't serving either of us it just it wasn't working and in the days after I felt really sad about it I was like well I should feel so relieved like I felt so like missing because I think a lot of it is that habit of just that contact that you had with that person like it became kind of natural and a comfort to you especially hello during the pandemic like I think that played into it a lot for both of our you know situations here but like I found myself feeling so sad and weird and like mad at myself and being like why do I care so much I didn't even clearly didn't like this person that much we didn't like each other that much like it wasn't working for either of us but I still really missed it and I think there still was a very miniature but very real grieving process at the end of that fling or whatever you want to call it so I just yeah I wanted to bring that up like you said just to validate that I think that's a real thing and you're allowed to be sad no matter what the labels were even if there weren't any I think when there's a connection and somewhat of a vulnerability shared in a little way, like, you know, like you enjoyed spending time with this person, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't talk to somebody or hang out with somebody if it's like excruciating, you know what yeah. I mean? At a certain point, like, okay, maybe the connection doesn't feel as strong and like, mm-hmm. you got to be honest with yourself and honest with them, but it doesn't take away from those moments of like, I enjoy your company, like- no, that's so true. And I think what you said about vulnerability is true because I think that's that's the crux of it because I think that even applies to even just a hookup situation. Like if it's not serious at all and you still put yourself like a hookup no matter what is a vulnerable position. You know what I mean? Whether it's just sharing that space and time with another person, you're you're opening yourself up to that person even if it's very casual, even if it's like a no strings attached no matter what. I think it's very hard at least for me to 
remove feelings totally from that position. So like even back in the baller days of Campbell Fleece Conley, like there were some like sad days of like, oh my God, this isn't becoming anything. And like, I'm like mourning the loss of this thing that could never be. And then beating myself up about it, being like, I knew what this was. I knew it was like no strings, blah, blah, blah. But like being so, putting so much pressure on myself not to feel. And that only made it worse. You know what I mean? Once it. Oh, and I love that you just said that. You know what I mean? I think that's true because I think a lot of the times you're so resistant to the pain or mm-hmm. to feeling a certain way. And you think it might take away from like your perception of yourself or like, like you said, you were like, logically, like I knew this wasn't going to pan out. Like mm-hmm. why, why feel this way? And you just want to shut yeah. it off. You're, you're right. Like it does the opposite. Like it's like this resistance and like, your body's like, no, you need to feel sad. You need to grieve whatever was there because even though it was short-lived, I think, again, going back to this connection of like when it's romantic, when there's that attraction, when there's that intimacy, it it moves at a faster pace than a regular relationship, you know? I I totally agree. I totally agree. This is the coining, in case this is helpful for anyone else, I coined it the depression because it usually happens with a guy with a J name. (laughs) I might cut that, but I might keep it because it's true. It's a very unique kind of thing of like, you know, I think here's what we can define depression as. Depression is the sadness you feel once a fling ends that you knew was going nowhere. But in the back of your mind, if you're truly honest with yourself, you were hoping that it would. And then it doesn't. And you have to like combat those feelings plus the feelings of your own coming to terms with what you knew was going to happen in the end of the day. Depression. Depression. Like we've all been there. Even if it's not a Jane, like insert your initial depression. <laughs> Defining the depression. I think it's good depression, yeah. to have something to call. It helped me. I joke about it to this day, but it was very that real. Really the depression funny. is real. Oh my God. I'm ch- Wow. Because I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> it was, but like true Allie, like you knew, like I was going, that was, a, it was a winter break and yeah. I went through it. I was truly sad. Like I, I, I couldn't, and I was having such a hard time understanding why, but I think a big piece of it was because I didn't just let myself be sad about it to begin with. Like I pushed it off and pushed it off and pushed it off. And then it just extended the depression way longer than it needed to be. Yeah. So, which I think is a valuable lesson to anybody going through a heartbreak. Let yourself feel it, whether it was two years, two months or two weeks. Like mm-hmm. if you have to be sad, be sad and don't judge yourself for the time frame in which it takes you to get over somebody, yes. you know? Absolutely. You know, after three months, it should be defined and, or after yeah. six months, you should be living your best life. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's so many other aspects of your life that yeah. are intertwined. And I'll get into it more when we talk about this this idea of the glow up and yeah and that's what I want to transition into too but the only thing I'll say to kind of preface it I guess is we talked about with Emma's mom Emma's mom came on an episode and it was all about like empowering women but very professional speaking like we talked about her as a leadership coach but we talked about the wheel of life which I love talking about and we talked about the myth of work-life balance and how work can't be half of your life because then that only leaves half for literally every other thing I think that plays into what you're saying of like your relationship, your romantic life is like a small, tiny sliver of the entire, you know, sphere that makes up who you are as a person. So like all of those other aspects are leading into that relationship. You know what I mean? And then the other person has his or her whole other thing. And then when they come together, it's just, it's messy. You know what I mean? It's going to be messy. So you can't put any like hard terms on it. 
yeah or it makes it harder in the end you know we're, we're, we're in the business of making life easier and I think you can do that by taking off the pressure of time frames and labels and like society like what society thinks is appropriate for the progression of a relationship because it's it's on you I love that it's on you it's on you in a good way in a liberating nice way like yeah. not in a like oh this is extra pressure and like it's it has, it has to do with you and the other person and literally nothing else so like right. calm down Okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about glow ups. Let's talk about the breakup has happened. We're always glowing. Let's start there. We are always glowing, but I think there's something very cool and empowering about the period after a relationship ends, when you're kind of finding yourself once again, a new version of yourself, because I think the truly fulfilling relationships in our lives, friendships included, change us and inspire us to be better or different in some ways. So you are meeting this new version of yourself now without the person who you identified with for so long. So what's that like kind of finding yourself again and embracing the joy of that period? Allie. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I came up with this analogy last night. This is you? I came up with this, yeah. Oh, we we're trademarking. I might have you write a blog post too so we can link it, but. Yeah, and I think it's because I'm in D.C. and I'm just surrounded by pillars everywhere and architecture and like I'm very artistic to begin with. So I'm just like, but um, so here we go. Here's okay. my analogy for this glow up process or this uh, finding of yourself. Like, okay. So pretend that you're a building and you have all these different pillars that are keeping you stable and strong, right? Yes. And these different pillars represent different parts of your personality, your morals, your values, your hobbies, your career, your relationship with friends, family, romantic relationship. And I think when you go through a breakup, this connection that you had with this person is now gone and you are forced to look inward and you're forced to look at this connection to yourself and you're forced to examine each of these pillars. Hmm. And some of these pillars might stand really strong for you. And that is a place where you remain secure in who you are. You know, so for example, if like my career path, I'm Mm -hmm. teaching. I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel very secure in that. Yeah. That's not something that I'm navigating. Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Like Mm -hmm. that's something I can kind of rely on. Yeah. My passion for art and dance and these kind of hobbies that make me who I am. I feel very secure in those. I, I, they're points that I can always refer back to when in need, you know, they're always going to be there for me. I feel very strong in that. And I think what's very complex is like, when you're going through this breakup, this romantic relationship, this pillar, the foundation is now there's a crack. Mm. And this pillar is unraveling. And as this one pillar is falling, it feels like everything is sinking in because the building is no longer balanced. There's this one part that is falling, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you have two choices here. And I think not to, not to say either is wrong, but I think one of them is more impactful and more lasting. But I'll start with the other one first. So the first option is you see that this pillar is falling in, right? And 
you can kind of just like quickly fix it up and keep things the way that it was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not change it, not examine it in any way, just kind of build it back up by either romantically, if that's replacing it with somebody else, or if it's another pillar that's falling as a result, like your morals yeah. or values, you know, keeping with those, because it's just, it's going to be easier to keep it the same. Yeah. And this way for now, things look strong. Yeah. Things appear like everything's back in place, right? Mm-hmm. So you make mm-hmm. like, not much is changing. Whereas if you allow the pillar to keep falling, okay. you get to this point right before you hit rock bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> where these tools start coming in and you can start to rebuild the pillar. And the pillar is going to look a lot different and it's going to take a lot more time yeah. and a lot more work to get it back to where it was. But the result is that pillar is going to be a lot stronger so that the next time it's strong for you. Yeah. There's no crack in the foundation anymore. Allie, that's good. I don't know if I explained it well, but I just came up with it last night. So. I think you explained it very well. And I feel like that could be a TED talk. I'm real. I'm not even, I'm not kidding you. Like, I really think that's really strong. And I think a really great way to think about it. And I like that you opened, but like, there's no right or wrong. I think the context of the breakup plays a lot. Like maybe you don't have the time and the energy to spend the time to rebuild your pillar right now. So maybe you will next time. And that's totally fine. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? But understanding that the pillar will be rebuilt. Right. At some point it is the crux of it, right? Like you're going to be good, but it's allowed to let, like you're allowed to let it crumble for a little bit. That's okay. Right. The other ones are there. You know what I mean? You're not crumbling. One little pillar is, you know? And I, I make this analogy of where it does feel like everything's crumbling Yeah, because of this one, but it's not because those strong pillars are there and you don't see them when you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. but they are there and it's what's getting you through it. Yeah. So. And I think really great and really beautiful is like, yes, you can attribute this to a breakup, but you know, you can attribute it to the loss of someone, grieving somebody, death, that situation. You can attribute it to, again, career is another pillar. Like that's something that you have to examine and change to make you a better version. And I think with each of these really difficult experiences where everything feels like it's falling, if you're able to use these tools around you to build something stronger, have this beautiful new gorgeous building of who you are like that is beautiful I love that you're in DC I love that the pillar analogy exists this was meant to be my sister thank you for sharing that with us truly I think that I think I'm gonna like I think that really shifts the way I think about a lot of things because hello okay this show like the tagline, the description on Spotify is like, this show exists to help us deal with moments of transition in our lives, which like, hello, keeps happening all of the time. Whether we're talking about relationships for me right now, like you were saying, it's career. Like, I don't really know what yeah. that's going to look like in the next five, like a five-year plan. What's that? I don't have one. So like that yeah. can make me panic. And when that pillar starts to crumble, it feels like everything is crumbling. But then I do like, I have these beautiful friendships in my life that you guys bolster me and make me feel like so great about it. And then like a wonderful family who's so supportive, financially supportive as well. Like that's a huge part of it. That's helping me through this very hard transitional time. So I like, it really does. It applies to a lot of things. And I think it's important to remember that we can dip into those other 
outlets. That's why they're there. You know what I mean? Especially the people, you know what I mean? I think we're, we're both very blessed that we're like surrounded in a lot of different pockets of life by like really wonderful people who want to see us succeed. So like, let them want that, let them manifest it, (laughs) you know? Let them build your pillars. I just keep saying it every day. I'm like, Rachel's going to be famous. Rachel's going to be famous. <laughs> I love you, you for it. <laughs> but again, I think that's a, it's a, a pillar that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's going to be insanely satisfying. To Those see are the it. best pillars. Yeah. The ones that take a lot of time. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love the pillar analogy. We're going to rename this the pillar blogcast or something. Yeah. I really like it. No, I, and I really like saying it. Saying it out loud feels really good. Cause I'm like, yes. I'm just like lost in my head. And then this morning I was like, okay, let me type this up like real quick. And now I'm like, pillar. I really, I feel it like really strong. It's very eye opening Cause it's like, uh, it's relieving. It's like, it a rel- and liberating. I think it, it, yeah. it, yeah. Unlocks this whole new sense of like, I am in control of more than I think that I am. And that is because you've built up this really great building yeah wow very beautiful very beautiful I'm also glad that you touched on grief because I think that's another like trite thing about breakups is that you are going to go through the stages of grief and I think that that's fair and valid and true and I think like you I think we've touched on that I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that I just wanted to acknowledge that like yeah we can compare them I think that's valid yeah no I think there is I think it's the difference when it's like a loss in terms of like death of somebody versus a relationship is that person's still here. And in my experience, that can make it more challenging because it's like, okay, there's not this conclusive end. Mm. It's just that I have to work through and accept that I'm never going to see this person again. And it's not by circumstances, it's by choice, you know? Mm. And I think that's the, the striking difference, but there's definitely the same feelings of, you know, you go through, depression and this anger and this confusion and obsession and then it all kind of leads to this acceptance yeah so I know we are you haven't heard about the voice memo do you want to play that or like I can insert it into if you like send it to me but you want to play it now so we could talk about it sure sure okay but this this is something that I came across this week and I had like recorded it probably like two months ago or so so this is kind of a year after the breakup and like a few months after having my last like contact or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Recording this for myself. Cause I know that I'll probably be going back looking through voice memos. Um, like I did this week and I probably will stick out to me this one. And I'll always remember it because I'm making a point to remember it. And as I'm saying it, I don't want to be with him. I don't. I I don't want him to reach out. I don't want to get back together because it was so much pain. And I know that it would just repeat itself. I want to go back to that togetherness. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I would have fought forever. It's disappointing. It's disappointing to feel so disappointed to know that I had so much love and passion to give to something and it just not feel reciprocated, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's never enough for me. Maybe I have to readjust my expectations. 
I don't know. All I know is I'm looking for some passion, some creativity, something to make me feel alive, to feel free, to feel happy, to feel like I am light, I'm walking on air, I can breathe. I can't breathe. I haven't been able to. I feel like I'm just going through the motions, getting done what has to get done, but I'm not actually enjoying it. When did I stop enjoying it? When did I stop feeling happy? I thought he was everything. I thought that happiness was beyond belief, but maybe with all that high comes all that low. As good as it was, was as bad as it was. I don't know. I don't know when my thoughts are still consumed by him. I know I have to do better, be better. Just don't know how to get there. It's all mind game and it's about tackling that mind game, but I don't know. I feel so worn down. I can't wait to get back to normalcy. A normal day. Maybe I'll go to DC this summer. It'll be good for me. I'll go to DC. That'll make a difference. That'll change. Oh my me. God. That is. I mean, very. So cool. I thought that was so interesting to listen back to because I was like, in that moment, I was like making this decision to like come here. I'm here. I but I, I wanted to share it with you and I mean maybe not the whole thing for the listeners. I don't know. <laughs> we can trim. We can trim yeah. and that's totally fine. I think the over my overwhelming takeaway was like, oh my God, I'm friends with Taylor Swift. I think you approach <laughs> that tr- like truly. First of all, just like hearing a voice memo, because of course I have all the like deluxe albums where she's like has her voice memos and then like the recordings of her songs before they're like demos and everything and it gives me a very like specifically at the end of daylight you know in the lover album where she's like I want to be remembered for the things that I love not the things I hate not the things that scare me like it sounded like that part to me and I think it's because it comes from this place of intense vulnerability and you're so not shying away from from feeling it one you want to remind yourself of like how deeply you're in it which I think is is a good nice thing because I think so often we do run away from it we talked about that before and I think just like your willingness to share it not only with me but like here is really cool and I think if more people did it there'd be less of a like maybe pressure around it thank you for sharing that because I really think it's such a relatable and like deeply deeply it's what we talked about at the top of the episode breakups in general are so universal but so hyper personal at the very same time and I think that's what makes it so hard to deal with because you know that at this given moment 
there are millions of people who are struggling with a heartbreak so, so bad that feels so deep and that they're never going to get out of it. But that each one of those is so intensely different for a whole myriad of reasons. And that's just, it's cool. It's also kind of sad when you like think about it because it's like, we also don't know because a lot of people aren't so vulnerable and like, aren't going to share maybe even with the people around them, like how deeply they're feeling. But I think the ability to feel that deeply and then to take it one step further and share it with the people that you love including our listeners, is so cool. And I think really helpful. Like, I hope this finds its way into like the right people's ears because I think it could be really, really helpful. Exactly why I wanted to, I made the decision where I was like, let me put this out there. Because I was like, you know, I don't know what the odds are of this finding somebody else that's brokenhearted. But like, I just wanted to be a sign of like, you can feel this low. You can feel this like, I'm stuck. And like, I'm never going to be able to feel that like, happiness that I've known Mm -hmm. and now two months after the fact and I made that decision I'm in DC and it was the best decision yeah I'm not even a week in and I can already feel this like vibrant spirit that I knew was always in me coming out again Mm -hmm. because I'm I forced myself into this new experience and so I just wanted to kind of relate to where I am now yeah to show this it took a lot of work to get here, you know? Yeah. It was Absolutely. an overnight experience. And it, again, it's a different time frame for each person. So totally. I, I love that so much. I love that so much. I love you, Allie. Seriously. Thank you so much on behalf of the brokenhearted everywhere. Thank you for being very real about it. My future self thanks you because I know that one day I'm going to deal with it. And I'm going to look back to this episode. Absolutely. And ask you to send me that voicemail in its entirety so that I can listen to it. Yeah, it's a tough place, but you're going to be so much stronger for it. And I think uh, just push through if you're going through it right now. Just keep pushing through and just getting through the day. And yeah, you're going to be perfectly okay. You're going to be amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. I love you, Allie. I love you, Rich. I miss you, hon. I know. I miss you too. I really do have to start planning to DC. I wonder if I could do like a bus trip or something to DC. I'm sure that exists. Probably. Yeah. So maybe I'll look into that. That might be easier. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Well, anyway, that I think does it for this week's episode. If you guys like what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A rate and review would be so great. You can find us on Instagram at her.blog.life. You can find Allie at Instagram at Allie Giordano 10. Allie Giordano 10, as well as Allie G's Kitchen. (laughs) Okay, plug it off, plug it off. She's got the things. I love that account. Your dinner last night, Allie. It was good. Very good. It was my first meal in DC that I cooked up. Looks so good. But anyway, yeah, Allie G's Kitchen, follow it all. Find me on Instagram at RachelMalik13. For a blog post, you can go to herbloglife.online. And for behind the scenes videos of recordings like this one, just search Rachel Malik on YouTube and subscribe to my channel there. As always, thank you so much for listening. Allie, it's always such a pleasure. We love you so much on the Her Life Blogcast. We'll see you next Sunday for another episode. So, I'm Rachel Malik. This has been the Her Life Blogcast.